This episode is brought to you by Canada Post. Custom solutions for complex problems brought to you by Canada's address experts. Visit them at canadapost.ca. It is time for this week in location-based marketing. We are recording this live between Asif Khan and myself on Sunday, April 15th, and this is episode number 73. Welcome to episode number 73. My name, Rob Woodbridge. Yeah, man. Looking forward to yet another uh, jam-packed uh, show. I mean, there's plenty to talk about as usual, and uh, obviously some really big uh, acquisitions. Yeah, as I'd well. say just a few, right? Yeah, just, yeah, just a few, one or, or so. But this is this is that place you come to. We we, re, we look back at the week that was, try to decipher some of the things that were most important in this world of location-based marketing, and bring it to you for your drive-in on Monday morning. And then for the rest of the week, you can enjoy it as well. Some witty, con- con- you know, some witty content and banter back and forth. But certainly, most of this is about news. Let's start there. Let's start with what is going on with the LBMA this week. It is a big week for you guys because of Wednesday's event. Yeah. So uh, if you're in the Toronto area, uh, the LBMA Toronto chapter is having uh, their next event, and so three to seven o'clock uh, in the PM. Uh, at uh, KPMG's Bay Adelaide facility, and we're t- talking about all about data, uh, geofencing data, social location data, mashing up that data with uh, you know direct marketing and census data, and how how we can use all this data to make better decisions, and um, you know the role that location uh, plays plays in that. So it's going to be really interesting, and obviously uh, our sponsors, Canada Post, are also sponsoring this event uh, as well. So. Uh, uh, you know, really looking forward to it. I think we've got a great panel and uh, it's going to be a great discussion. Well, I will be uh, involved in, well, you should do that. Just go to the uh, LBMA.com. There's a regi- link to the registration page and go and register for that if you are in Toronto or plan on being in Toronto on a Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. I, I have a, a different trip, a, a different kind of location trip uh, that is going to happen at that very same time. Well, actually, it's not that very same time. It's starting uh, the 16th of April. Pulling it up on my screen right now, you, Asif, unfortunately get, don't get to see this. But for those of you who are at home, we'll probably get kicked off YouTube for this. But I'm going to be in. I'm going to be in uh, in, uh, in Albany tomorrow to go and see my man Bruce Springsteen. There you go. Hey, hey. Last minute tickets. Rearranged my entire schedule. Disrupted my entire family so that I could go and see Bruce Springsteen in concert. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm 19. Yes. It is a location for me. But uh, two different events. Big week ahead of us. That's that's for sure. But if you can make it to the LBMA, go to the LBMA's uh, website, LBMA, thelbma.com, to uh, to register for that event. I'm going to pull that back up so we're back to business. Just had to do a little bit of Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Cool. So this week, uh, big week, big, big, big week, obviously. Um, you know, certainly the biggest news this week was one of our last news items that we'll get to, which was Facebook uh, bookending this week. It, kind of a... Um, Caught us all by surprise on an Easter Monday. Uh, decided to go and spend a lot of money, and then bookended it uh, at uh, on Friday by buying another mobile company. But we've got uh, Quantum Digital. Uh, we got some news from them. We've got uh, a company that we actually talked about um, 
back back in the day, which is the one that uh, that Facebook acquired at the end of the week. Uh, we've got uh, Point Inside with some news, Pixie with some news, Jetsop, some cool, cool, cool technology. Our product of the week is is a a retro look at a company that we're going to talk about uh, because they were acquired. A company called Isle Buyer, and I sat down with Andrew Paradise, who is their CEO, um, a while back to discuss what they were doing with Isle Buyer. Very cool technology, but all this. I don't know how this stuff just it just keeps rolling and there's so much going on it I don't know how anybody keeps up with this stuff I just don't know company names everything it's it's just it's unbelievable I don't know how you do it yeah uh, you know what it, 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 honestly if it wasn't for Twitter and uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how, how I would uh, I'd find all this like, t- between Twitter and Google alerts those two things that's, uh, that's how you, that's the trick right uh, it, Help me a great deal. Well, yeah. I mean, you know what? One day you should. What you should definitely do is publish how you are doing your uh, your Twitter Twitter alerts because I think that would be a good lesson for everybody to understand. Mm-hmm. So why Fair don't we enough. just jump right into this? Before we go, I've got a video actually uh, because our first story is about a company called Quantum Digital that has launched Quantum Cards. So I'm going to run this video. You guys are going to get a, a the benefit. You know, there is audio to this for those of you who are just uh, who aren't watching this, but we're going we're gonna to come back and, and I'm going to get a Steve to explain this technology to me and why this is relevant. So we're going to run this. This is Quantum Digital and the launch of their new product called Quantum Cards. I'm just going to pull it up here and hope that it works. Here we go. Getting the word out about your local business from the shopper while on the move just got a whole lot easier. Just snap a photo or choose one from your gallery. Add your message and contact info and choose where you want them mailed. To neighborhoods around your current location or to people on your contact list. Your postcards go out next business day, reaching your customers fast. What is this? What is Quantum Cards? Well, they're, they're calling it uh, the first uh, direct mail marketing iPhone app for small business. And, and, and really what this is, I think it's a really interesting concept. Um, I'm not sure how effective it is, but I think the concept has some merit and you know um, could potentially be valuable. So, so what they're saying is, is if you are a business person, small business, you're on the road, uh, you know, you're on the go, and the example that they give is, you know, you're a real estate agent. Um, and so, you know, you're in a neighborhood um, that, you know, for an open house or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, through this app, you can basically uh, create postcards, uh, direct mail pieces, and uh, order them and have them pushed out into a particular area uh, on the fly. And, and so the idea here is, is you're generating direct mail local to a specific area based on, you know, you uh, triggering this, this order on the fly from wherever you are uh, in real time. And, and so, so this, is, this isn't like, you know, I'm going to be there three weeks from now, so, you know, I thought about this long in advance, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blast the area with, uh, 
you know, a postcard saying, "Hey, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be coming around. Make sure make sure you know you uh, have your card ready to uh, get your 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 I don't know, save twenty percent when I come to the door or whatever it is." Um, you can actually do that when you're in the neighborhood or on the fly with with an app like this. It's an interesting concept. Like I said, I, I don't know how you know how many different professions this this actually applies to, or you know how many people are actually have a need for generating this kind of response, but conceptually it's an interesting play with the technology yeah so it's kind of like um i i still i i have a hard time you know understanding why this is why this is this is relevant um like aside from the fact that you can print or you can you can take a picture of what somebody's house it's a little creepy isn't it and say like hey i was here three weeks ago and then you get a postcard in the mail like I, I, I'm struggling with it. Other than um, maybe this is like uh, Postagram, right? Which was which was one of these companies that that popped up on the Instagram API, mm-hmm. which would allow you to take a photo uh, that you did uh, that you had in, in Instagram and and uh, send that as a postcard. I, I get that, and maybe that's what this is. But I, I don't I don't get the business aspect from this. I, it's tough for me to to really wrap my head around this. Other than it's just like Postagram. Am I wrong there? No, I mean, the, 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 well, from what I'm understanding, they're not focusing on the photo aspects at all. I mean, th- this is about advertising, you know, whatever it is you're advertising. You know, I'm here, I'm a real estate guy, you know, I've got listings in the area that I want to promote or there's some event that's going on, um, you know, or, or what have you, you know, special sale, um, you know, if you're, if you're a merchant, um, you know, pop-up store, whatever, right? I mean, it's... Um, they're going after the business aspects and they're basically saying, look, you know, we need to, anytime that something is temporal that's going on or it's in a specific area, we need to let the neighbors, you know, the neighborhood know about it. You know, sure, we can still go and put the uh, the old poster up on the, uh, you know, on the, on the, on the lamp pole and staple it on and, and, and do all that kind of stuff or put the posting in the local grocery store. Um, you know, and that stuff still happens. I know, you know, it certainly happens in my neighborhood. Um, but, the idea here, I think, is, you know, I'm on the go. I'd love to let more people know that, you know, something's going on uh, around here. Let me log into this app. Let me generate a, a print piece, whatever that looks like, a direct mail piece. And, you know, I, I place that order through the app, and it automatically gets mailed out, you know, next day, I guess, or, yeah. or what have you. Well, I mean, I, I suppose it's an interesting concept. I, you know, I, I'm with you. I think that the technology is neat. Um, it's a little creepy, but um, you know, and, and mm. I think that this this really is um, is just a an idea looking for a technology or technology looking for an idea. I'm not I'm not really sold on this. Yeah. Um, but like, I think it's better than the next idea, the next story. <laughs> you know, I don't know how to segue away from that. I don't think that it's like quantum cards. It's an interesting concept. I just don't know how how this. You know, it, it's if you're going to set up a um, um, you know a location campaign. If I'm a realtor in my location, or if I've got a you know, I was pulling up some examples. I've got a, I got a, a shop, a car shop in in that location. Then, then I'm going to do what I typically would do, which was is not send individualized 99 cent pieces. I, I might you know advertise in a local uh, newspaper highly localized newspaper or or yeah. do my own flyers like we already get in the mail that are probably a lot cheaper anyway um not 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 sure about this not sure tough way to start it's going to get even tougher though i see with our second story <laughs> don't you think just talking about this one this is a uh, a company called uh what are these guys called uh drink, drink lobby. lobby now i i, I 
you know what? Why don't you explain it? Because I've, I've got this great quote from the press release that I just want to pull up. But drink love. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so this is, my understanding of this is this is about, you know, social sharing around what you're drinking. Um, in the sort of like virtual rooms to kind of, you know, hang out and drink with other people kind of thing. It, it, it's sort of like a uh, turntable.fm, but for alcohol. Yeah, that's what I got for it, from it as well. Yeah, I'm going to pull up a quote here. It's you're not going to be able to see it very well, but uh, this um, th this is a company called uh, started by uh, Cesar uh, Guinovart. Uh, 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 yeah, my apologies if I got his name and his wife Natalie. And and the quote that really got me is that he said, "Drink Lobby was created by veteran software mastermind Asif, veteran software mastermind." mastermind. That okay. is awesome. I don't know how you become a mastermind. And the the wife's a Somali. Yeah, Som right? yeah, exactly. So she understands wine, and he's a mastermind, a software mastermind. But this, I tried to go to their website. It doesn't have any information. It's broken everywhere. Uh, I went to the his his actually his his main company's website, which is uh, something called uh, onsitesoft.com, and uh, there's broken images everywhere as well. So I'm like, software mastermind. Uh, my only question about this is why? Is this just an example of somebody trying to cash in here and and like drink lobby? You know, drinking is social. So when you don't have a friend to drink with, jump onto a mobile app. <laughs> it's, it's it's a virtual. Hey man, it's it. You know, it, it's 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 not unlike um um. What's the booyah? Oh thing? yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it, it, the the difference here is that. This is a uh, this. I mean, for for all of this drinks, he's like, he's talking about like whether you like you sip uh, scotch and understand it, or just want to chug it, or you you know just local beer or or domestic beer or um, you know specialized beer or wines. It's it's like you know this is uh, it's just an interesting concept that this actually gets built. Um, a lot of effort went into it, obviously, because um, I mean it's pretty comprehensive. But why, man? Well, it's got a lot of features. It's got a ton of features. It's feature, feature, well, rich. It does. It, feature, wish rich. lists, ratings. You can win trophies. What does that mean? Like, if I you can check it, check into the drink, drink, yeah, drink, yeah. drink, drink. Yeah. Facebook and Twitter. I get a, I get a trophy. Discount. Uh, I know. I, I, like, I don't mean to be critical about this, but I just like why, 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 why. But if you're interested in understanding yeah. why, go to drinklobby.com and uh, see what you can find there because I, I can't find anything. Um, I can't like nothing worked. The about page didn't work anyway. So if drink lobby, if you're listening to this, reach out. We'd love to have you on to maybe explain this. <laughs> yeah, they're they're gonna be yeah. all over that. Come on, we're hospitable. Yeah. Um, do we have anything else to say? Or or better yet, better yet, we can meet you in a room and exactly. have a drink together. <laughs> That's right. Oh, it's lonely <laughs> drinking. I mean, I guess there's there are worse things. I, I mean, you could be drinking alone. Right. So at least there's everybody says there's, uh, you know, it's happy hour somewhere around the world right now. So mm -hmm. <laughs> enjoy it with Drink Lobby, drinklobby.com, but drink responsibly. And if you're not, use yes. our friend, uh, good friend, uh, Nick Wayne's company, Pound Taxi, Cell Wand. Go to Pound Taxi. I love that. Poundtaxi.com. Yeah. Great company. If you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to use Drink Lobby at home, that's fine. But if you're going to drink, drink, use Drink Lobby on the road, call a cab, Pound Taxi. Oh man! All right, moving, moving on. on. At least it was a good story here. Uh, point inside. Let's talk about this. They launched something called Inside. Inside, um, 
which is a highly contextualized, highly localized, indoor uh, private ad network. What is, I like this idea, I think. Yeah, this is great. So, so Point Inside company we've talked about quite a bit on the show, um, indoor location player, um, you know, used a lot in, in retail, Kroger, uh, and, and various other companies uh, have, been, have been working with these guys. Um, and so what they've done is they basically said, um, you know, let's come up with or, or, or let's package up really a private ad network play, you know, on top of this indoor location service that we have. So the idea is, is, you know, you're in here, we've talked a lot about the power of indoor location to kind of triangulate somebody's position down to, you know, a few feet, know exactly where they are in, in a store. Uh, and so now what we're talking about is, uh, you know, hyper, hyper targeted messaging based on that, uh, you know, very, very uh, finite uh, location in in this context. And so this part is their bigger customer engagement platform. Um, and uh, it's also white labeled. So so what's happening here is is you can take this sort of targeting capability, this ad network capability, and if you've already got an app, you can bake it in, inside of that as well. So th there's integration elements available. And this, they, 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 all, they so partnered this, with know, a huge guy. Right? They partnered with... Um, they partnered with a, a pretty large uh, uh, retailer um, to, to launch this. Uh, it's just a follow-on. Mm -hmm. What is it? Uh, Meyer? Mayor? Mayor? Yeah, Mayor. And, uh, and so, I, I mean, I, the way I understood it is that the concept is you're walking down, you're walking into a store, you've got the Mayor app um, already installed because that's how it works, right? So that's the white label piece. Yes. And then uh, yeah. you um, maybe have a shopping list in that and, and they're pushing you deals based on exclusively, based on really where your location is, like what aisle you're on. Um, exactly. And then it's pushing it out. And I think that that's, that's pretty, it's, it's pretty cool technology as long as it's contextualized and not too annoying. Um, yeah. If you're, I mean, if, if the app's already sort of knowledgeable, so to speak, in what you're looking for and can direct you and exactly where you need to go, um, you know, help you navigate that store um, and uh, and push you deals and offers that are relevant to the things on those on, on your list, for example, in, in your in your context. I mean, that's, you know, that's just making my trip faster, better, cheaper, you know, all the things I need, right? So, and, you know, the other side of this, obviously, is is it's a revenue opportunity for these stores. And, um, you know, I think that they, they have yeah. to be very careful about how they, they actually push these advertising out. Uh, you know, you'll run into the same thing where where it was the, the Groupon effect, which was, uh, you know, I'm not looking for a tie mm. rotation when I'm having a cup of coffee. Right. You, you've got to make sure that it is contextualized, that uh, even the example that they give uh, in some of the articles that I've read about this is around, uh, you know, you're looking for flour. Why not? Uh, hey, we'll push you a coupon for cookie dough. Maybe that's not. You know, yeah. but but it gives you the opportunity, and I look at retail as this great mass of opportunity. Obviously, but you know, you pay for shelf space, you pay for that spot, which is at eye level. So anything that's at eye level, and then you know, you paid the premium for, and everything that is further away from eye level, you're obviously paying a little bit less for shelf placement. Yeah, this gives an opportunity for those guys who are at the bottom shelf to be able to push their product up in a different medium through this Mayor app, through uh, Point Inside's app, you know, ad network, you can actually draw advertising dollars for that company from those uh, smaller retailers uh, or manufacturers that are on the bottom shelf. And I like that idea. Yeah, I mean, in, in essence, the, you know, this, this sort of empowers the, the merchant, 
the retailer to actually create their own ad network and and and, and sell inventory basically yeah. right you know they become a, a, a you know a, a supplier of uh, available uh, media right that uh, you know all those brands whose products are in that store can buy buy space I, I and, and I love that I mean I, I'm a I think that that's that's really interesting and, and you're gonna see the, you know the face of retail change as a result of that where that shelf we've talked about it many times on the show you know where that shelf, that middle shelf, that eye level shelf isn't going to matter as much um, because the smaller retailers are going to have an opportunity to influence a buy decision more than ever. And the smaller manufacturers are going to benefit from that. And I, I really, I really like this thing. Um, and if you really, if you're a mayor um, app user, if you're a shopper and you've used these applications before, we'd love to hear you. Reach out on tethergmail.com. This is a pretty cool technology. Who, who knows where it goes? Um, because uh, you know, I don't know that uh, that stores will stay configured the way that they are right now, and and I'm always leery about yeah. companies that are trying to just emulate real world experience from a retail perspective on a mobile device, because mobile will disrupt that real world experience. And um, no, I mean, it, it, and these guys, the, the guys that went inside, they get it. I mean, these guys, uh, you know, these are guys that you know, we, we, you and I have talked to you, uh, many a time. We've had you know Pete Coleman recently on the show. Todd Sherman, who runs marketing, Josh Marty, uh, you know, these guys are, you know, these guys get it, right? And, you know, they're, they're smart guys. They know, they know what's going on. They understand retail. Um, and, you know, and, and they're, they're applying the technology, you know, in, in the right ways, I believe. So, yeah, I would agree with you. I would agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, and, and I think that, um, you know, with, with this, um, what happens with this is that you end up, uh, you end up really disrupting the technology uh, or the way that retail works. And if you can do this, if you can disrupt retail, um, it's going to be by being comfortable with the way that it works right now, slowly integrating and then changing it at the, uh, the other end. I think that's what's happening here. Pretty cool. Point inside. We're launching something in their private ad network called Inside. That's story number three. All right, let's ratchet it up a little bit here. We got this company called Pixie for our fourth story. Pixie launching a ticket purchasing service. And I think this should be a quick conversation. Yeah, I mean, Pixie, we, we, we've talked about these companies yeah. a long time ago it's now. Crazy. Um, I, yeah, I can't, I can't remember when, when we talked about Pixie. It's like probably uh, maybe, maybe coming up on a year. I'm not sure. But anyhow, um, you know, a, a, an app um, like many of the others out there, you know, d about social discovery, you know, finding restaurants, bars, you know, events around you, et cetera. Um, they've added a new fe feature around, uh, as you just said, a purchasing tickets. So the idea is, is that, um, you know, you, you found a concert or, or a sporting event or something through the app that around you, and now you have this option to you can buy a ticket for that event directly through the app. Um, doesn't seem really innovative to me. Um, I mean, there's lots of ways you can buy tickets uh, and lots of apps that you buy tickets. Um, I suppose layering it on top of, um, you know, their existing functionality, it's a, it's a nice one to have. Um, I don't know. What do you think, bro? Well, uh, you know, this is, uh, I, my, my big thing here, my big thing here is really about, um, what happens when when there's excess inventory and i think that what 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 pixie does here is they really 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 do focus on the excess inventory piece is that these guys are 
you know, when you're standing in Times Square and you don't know what you want to do and you want to buy a ticket to something and you don't know what's available, um, but something catches your fancy, you want to be able to buy at that moment. And I think from a retailer's perspective, from a restaurateur's perspective, from an event perspective, this is this is one of those things that are very, very valuable where you can put up your excess inventory, sell your ticket. I think that the next piece for this is a time-based auction because of scarcity. It's like quarter to seven or 15 minutes before the show starts, prices start to come down you know if there isn't any demand for your show if there's if people get if people wait and they know that the last 15 minutes things are going to go on sale and there starts to be a demand prices stabilize they don't drop as much it's not just a clear cut 30% off or 40% off or 50% off just to get you in the door you you don't want to game that system so i think that what pixie does is the beginning of this where you have you know, whether it's Pixie or anybody else, I think that this is very smart. They've got an established base, a solid user base, and, and uh, now it's conditioned, right? Here, they can buy, they've been able to buy movie tickets on, on the Pixie app for some time now. So now, why not? Why not bring it up with, uh, with events, sporting events and entertainment events other than movies? So I, I, I like this. This is what we've talked about this. We talked about this a year ago, I think. And, and if, if this is the future, you know, this is where I start to see um, companies helping retailers, helping events. That seat, if it's not used, expires. So let's start using that effectively. Mm -hmm. and, and Pixie might be the first company that's doing this, right? All right. I can yeah. buy that. We're having a challenging, obviously, as you guys know, you're pretty aware of. I'm trying to switch as quickly as I can. When when one of us freezes, I'm going to go to a screen because we're having some challenge with, uh, with the bandwidth. So bear with us. We will make sure there's continuity in this uh, as we go. So every once in a while, I'm frozen like this. And Seif is doing the same thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I will quickly move away from our face and we'll get through this. All right, fifth and last big story of the week. This company called uh, Jet Shop um, in Stockholm, uh, heavily influenced, heavily influenced by uh, what we saw in the subways in Japan. I got a long video here. It's two and a half minutes, but it's oh, Korea, Korea, Korea. Yeah, in the subways in Korea. My apologies. Why don't you explain what this is? I'm going to queue up the video, Asif, and then we're going to sit back and watch this for two and a half minutes. It goes through the entire story. But if you just want to queue it up for us. Yeah, so uh, a couple of years ago now, our good friends at Tesco uh, in Korea um, basically took over subway stations and uh, in the underground there and took took the sidewalls and, and basically replicated a grocery store um, with all the shelves and the products. And while you're waiting for your train, basically, let's use that time. And, and so they had QR codes against every product. You could buy, you know, order all your groceries by scanning QR codes and pay for everything through your mobile device and then have it all delivered to you uh, by the time you got you got home while your groceries were there. So um, basically the, the same concepts being applied on a much bigger scale now in Stockholm's uh, central station with Jet Shop and, and so they've uh, created a 130 square meter concept superstore they're calling it. Uh, 20 different uh, you know departments uh, or categories of product um, you know, and um, supermarkets, fashion, a whole bunch of different things here going let's, on. So, uh, really cool, really, really. Let's cool. take a look so, at this. Uh, yeah. So, now, bear with yeah. us. It's about two and a half minutes, but it's worthwhile. And I'll walk through the narrative and, uh, and fast forward to uh, two minutes and forty-five seconds if you don't want to watch this. Pretty cool. Here it is. On Monday, the twelfth of March, twenty twelve. 
something happened at Stockholm Central Station that would mark the start of a completely new way of looking at retailing. During that day, 250,000 passed through. Before the week was out, this figure had risen to 1.5 million. At 6.30am, the first customers are welcomed to the Jet Shop Superstore. What meets them is a pop-up mall containing 20 different shops. The goods are shown in pictures, and next to each item is a QR code. When the customers scan the code with their smartphones, they're taken directly to the ordering page for the item in the online shop, where they choose quantity or size and pay. No shelves or hangers are needed, and there are no checkout queues. A space of just 130 square meters accommodates everything from the Ica supermarket chain's Marcassi delivery service and the latest fashion from Nelly to bulky accessories from the camping store Camping Barahu set. This is shopping that doesn't take up any of the consumer's time. Instead of just waiting for the next train, travelers can take the opportunity to do some shopping. This is shopping that doesn't end when you leave the shop. In the passageway leading to the metro, Jet Shop has added pop-up stores. 16 pedestals, each with its own item and QR code. All you have to do is lift the handset and scan. But why should the shopping experience end here? What would happen if the ads on the escalator were to offer an opportunity to buy? And the billboards above the tracks? Jet Shop Superstore is not an experiment in mobile shopping, e-commerce or x-commerce. It's the first real example of the retailing of tomorrow. The challenge for a company like JetShop is not just in designing the best e-commerce platforms, it's a matter of predicting and taking account of new patterns of consumption. You, you, you get this great, great idea here, which is, uh, you know, you get the wall of product that pops up, right? Just basically a wall of QR codes, a wall of uh, product and, and, uh, or NFC. And, uh, and then they take it even further, which is one of the best things, these pop-up stores. Like every pillar mm -hmm. and every, every ounce of a wall, instead of just a dumb advertisement, becomes a retail opportunity. God, th that is one of the coolest things ever. Yeah, and, and, and you know, like for me, I mean, it's, it's, it's location-based marketing in, you know, in the real sense, right? It's not just purely a mobile thing. It's wherever people are, we're influencing them with all the you know potential types of media that are there that can influence them, and um, you know, and I think it's that blending of mediums that starts to make it really interesting and effective. And, and I talked a lot lately about you know how it's not just about content. You know, we say content's king, content's king, but it's 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 the experience now, right? It's all about you know how do we bring that content to people and how are people experiencing it. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And and, uh, and and this really is that. This is so, so, so powerful. And so, you know, it, it kind of, it, it goes hand in hand with what we were talking about in Point and Sign is that this is what uh, what Jet Shop is doing is disrupting retail, and what Point Inside is doing is uh, basically extending the retail experience. So if if you think about it, anywhere that I stand, think about vendors on the street corner in New York City in Manhattan um, uh, selling this way as well. You don't have like just nine fake Gucci purchases, uh, purses. You can have a thousand fake Gucci. Gucci purses and have them shipped to your house later on that day. 
Orders. But that's that's what I'm talking about. Is like it's 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 incredible. No, Pop up stores everywhere. Um, you know, uh, just keep a keep a lookout for these kind of things because this is the future of retail. Retail happening wherever you are, wherever people are waiting. And it's not just about putting up a billboard. It's about actually doing transactions. So if you, uh, this is the perfect perfect confluence of of uh, where mobile should be driving tonnage, driving sales. So we started we started weak, but hey, we're finishing strong. Exactly. There we go. Yeah, the last three stories have been great. I, I love that. So those are it. Those are the top five that we've got. If you think that those are great, if you don't think that those are the right ones, reach out on tethergmail.com or see at the LVMA. We'd love, love, love to hear from you. Please, please, please let us know if uh, what you think of those stories. Yeah, and just remember, you know, uh, complaints go to Rob. Praise <laughs> to me. <laughs> Wait, isn't that the? Uh, uh, I'll edit. I'll, I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, probably, it's probably the other way since I pick all the stories. But totally edit, edit that one out. I'll edit this out. <laughs> well, let's talk about. Uh, you know, this is good because we're gonna lead into our uh, first funding story with this. It's gonna be a clip from a. Uh, it's a clip that I did with, uh, from a an interview that I did for Untethered.tv with uh, Andrew Paradise, who's the CEO of a company called Isle Buyer. I'm gonna pull him up right here. Isle Buyer was recently bought. Recently, how about as recent as uh, rumors floating around around on uh, Tuesday of this week confirmed at the end of the week that they were bought by Intuit. Um, so we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, here is uh, Andrew Paradise, who is the uh, CEO of Isle Buyer. He's just going to do a four or five minute clip here on um, on what his company is. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the uh, acquisition that Isle Buyer, uh, that just happened with Intuit. So here is Andrew. Andrew? Thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate you uh, spending some time this afternoon and uh, and enlightening us as to what's going on in the retail space when it comes to mobile. Thanks for doing this. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So, uh, you know, I'm hopeful that I, I got some of it right. You guys are classified as a mobile self-checkout solution for retailers, but there's so much more to what you guys do. And it seems like every day there's so much more that you guys are doing. So why don't you give everybody a little bit of an insight about what Islebuyer actually does? Sure. So uh, we founded the company with the idea that um, we could use uh, camera phones to do augmented reality in stores. This was really before um, companies were doing kind of the barcode scan with a, with a cell phone. And um, it became quickly apparent, uh, really, uh, we had started moving towards building our first barcoding solution uh, around the same time the companies like uh, Red Laser and uh, Shop Savvy sprung up. And um, what became apparent to us is that there were there was a, a pretty sizable push by those kinds of companies towards um, online comparison shopping using barcodes, yeah. uh, but really no one had worked on how to build uh, a augmented in-store experience um, using smartphones and using image recognition. So we really started working on how we could redesign the store experience from when you walk in the door until you walk out of the door um, using mobile phones. And we started with the checkout because we felt like that was a really interesting place to start. And the, the idea there was, okay, so since the history of retail, people have always paid at the edge of the store. There's been a shopkeeper, and that's evolved into store clerks. Um, but what if, what if everyone could just take out their phone and tap and pay on it? And how would that work? We started working through that, and then we, were, we moved into the image recognition piece of being able to add uh, barcodes and, uh, and uh, invented... Um, mobile self-checkout. And the idea here really is that we can uh, put a self-checkout machine inside your phone by letting you um, have an algorithm that will let you scan things with your phone and then uh, tap and actually make payments. 
And uh, first we um, used PayPal for making payments, and then we moved from there to actually building out a mobile wallet so that um, the retailers that we sell to now can have 68 different payment types. 68. <laughs> 68, yeah. Everything from uh, loyalty, gift card, points, virtual currencies to um, your major credit cards uh, and anybody, you know, uh, your Visa debit, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we've, at the same time, in the last two years, we've gone from myself and a few developers um, just kind of writing code to um, a 28-person team. Um, and uh, we've gone from uh, launching out of stealth mode about after about 16 months uh, this past August to uh, we have signed up uh, brands representing about 9,000 stores. Wow. So, um, so you'll see it in a lot of places really soon. Um, I think it's going to be, uh, whether it's us or somebody else, I think that mobile payments and being able to have this kind of immersive uh, cell phone experience from uh, inside the retailer to the edge of the retailer to even beyond is going to be huge, um, way beyond aisle buyer, although I hope we're the one to bring it to you. <laughs> well, and, and let's let's just go back a little bit to that story because you went from uh, integration with PayPal, which uh, which I think is always everybody's first uh, test into this is, you know, especially when they're testing transactions and, and a trusted brand like PayPal. Um, talk about the the way that so 68 payment methods from loyalty cards to other credit cards uh, was this a challenge to to build that mobile wallet piece is that just a separate product or is it um, you know, talk about that process to build that right so the the way we built the entire product actually it's a software development kit and we're gonna actually start making it available to uh, mobile developers very soon so that they can use uh, our software development kit to connect to physical stores. And I think you're going to see um, everything from kind of early concepts like Foursquare, Scavenger onwards um, starting to involve real world actions. Yeah. So whether it's a retail store, a museum, or anything else, all these um, different physical locations are now becoming mobily enabled. What I mean by that is there, there are certain things you might do at a museum like um, look at the museum map or um, you know, buy uh, an admission ticket or a membership. Imagine if you can do all of those things with your phone and then imagine if beyond that there's an API layer sitting on top of it that allows mobile developers to build new kinds of applications we never even dreamed of. Yeah. Think about like, uh, like Foursquare but instead of doing a check-in, what if um, a museum could give you a couple of points for each exhibit you go to. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you can get really interesting, really specific uh, interactive experiences that were never possible when it was uh, kind of a, a kiosk-only world. You know, the, the amazing thing, I think, is that these devices are so inexpensive. Uh, There's so many of them. I, I just saw a stat. I think it's the, a projection that there'll be more than 10 billion of these devices uh, by the end of next year. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, uh, Rob, but I, I saw one recently that um, We've we just passed uh, more shipments of, of smartphones than personal computers. Jeez, yeah, it's a it's just a pretty mon it's a tipping point, obviously. Yeah, uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, uh, it, I, so quickly. I mean, it's been a, just a handful of years. So that uh, that is Isle Buyer uh, and Andrew Paradise. Uh, so with that, we might as well we're just going to jump right into this because there's serendipity. Uh, you know, I I really enjoyed that interview. Isle Buyer is a very, very, very cool company, and they were bought by Intuit this week. Rumors between 180 and 200 million dollars. I'd like to think that some of that 
awareness was because of the interview he did on, on Tether.tv. So I'll just take my small, small, small commission check for that. What do you think of this buy? I like this. I, I think, uh, you know, we, we've talked a lot about sort of the uh, the payments uh, space heating up and the merchants, uh, you know, kind of trying all kinds of things. We talked about Square many times. Uh, we've talked about recently PayPal with their, uh, their uh, you know, hardware piece called here. Um, and, um, you know, Intuit company we don't hear as much about, um, but they're, they're, they're a very active player. They've got a thing called Go Payment uh, in this space. Um, you know, and they needed to get stronger on the mobile side. And, and th this is a good move, I think, for Intuit. Um, you know, Isle Buyers, a small company, 37 employees. Um, purchase price wasn't disclosed on this particular deal, but they had raised uh, $11 million um since 2009 so um you know and, and and they've got some strong technology and i think that this gives into it that ability to go right up against where square is at the moment so it's not just you know the ability to do mobile payments it's you know one of the one of the key things about square right now is, is that is that whole piece around you know not even having to you know sort of um uh what's the word i'm looking for um you don't have to have that sort of face-to-face -face interaction between merchants yeah, you don't have to you don't have to stand in line basically is what, you don't yeah. have to stand in line right because they've got you know they've got that sort of geofencing proximity base you know the you know, the, the merchant application knows the consumer who, who's uh you know using the system they can recognize them that way you just got to say your name and, and and it's all good kind of thing and so the uh I'll buyer stuff is very similar in that sense it has some geofencing capabilities in it um, you know, there's a merchant and consumer piece to it. Um, you know, I like this. I think this is this is a good move for into it. Oh yeah, there's nothing wrong with this. And anytime you don't have to stand in line again, you know, it just seems like this episode is about the retail experience. And uh, you know, we've talked about it from a from a uh, from point inside, from from Jet Shop, uh, even from Pixie. And, and here's yeah. Isle Buyer that is that is also trying to disrupt that whole thing. Why do we why do we have to queue in a line to pay it a cash to wait for somebody to type in this stuff? We got everything that we need in our hands: our credit card, the product, a scan, a barcode, or something like that that we can scan. Uh, so yeah. it only makes sense that it's like I should be able to walk into a store, you know, basically Midas Touch, touch everything, debit my bank account whatever it is, pay for my credit through my credit card and, and just go. And, and, uh, and I think that Intuit uh, now has this really, really, really great competitive advantage because their Go payment system is up against Square and it's up against PayPal. And how do they do that? They use something like Islebuyer to say, okay, well, you know what? Forget the line. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, from my, yours and my perspective, what the, you know, one of the added benefits of this particular deal for us is, you know, the Go Payment service is actually available in Canada where the other yeah. two aren't. That's big. Um, and so this this is great for me because, uh, you know, hopefully the outbuyer stuff, you know, flows through and uh, and we'll get that up here, uh, you know, as well. Because I just think we, you know, we need this kind of stuff wherever you are in the world. You know, you know not having a standard line to make a payment, you know, I'm <laughs> yes. all for it. No kidding, Asif. The, the, the least amount of time I can spend in a retail establishment, the better so I, I i like this you know i'm sad to see a company like uh, you know i'll buy or get acquired but uh but i did hear rumors around 180 to 200 million dollars i think there's a published price in there and and uh and i think that that's uh, uh you know i love people who take the money right so so yeah. please please yeah, let us know. I'm going to see if I can get um, Andrew back on once things settle down. Um, but I really appreciated him sitting yeah, down do and uh, having some time with me when he did. And this was just recently. It was in the last six months. So 
uh, you can find that whole interview up on untether.tv. I'm just uh, going to pull it up. And, and, and speaking of people who take the money, we got we got a couple oh, yeah. more. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? It is. It really is. We're obviously talking about Facebook uh, deciding to go out and spend, um, well, at least a billion dollars this week. I don't know about your weekend, but uh, I didn't spend a billion dollars this weekend. But but uh, apparently over a 48-hour period uh, from uh, from Good Friday to Easter Monday of, uh, of last week, Facebook reached out to uh, Kevin Systrom. So uh, Mark Zuckerberg himself reached out to Kevin Systrom himself and uh, said, I want to buy Instagram, and the negotiations ensued. Over a 48-hour period, Facebook spent a billion dollars. That's crazy, Asif. Yeah, it's just insane. The valuation's insane. Um, but hey, um, you know, I think this is, you know, for me, this and, and the other acquisition, too, that we're going to talk about in a second, uh, also a Facebook yep. acquisition. Um, this is all about Facebook, you know, getting ready for IPO. This is all about them understanding they're weak in mobile. They need to ramp up on the mobile side. They need to be able to have all sorts of alternative, uh, you know, revenue streams coming in. You know, once they're a public company, um, you know, we all know the scrutiny that comes with that. We all know that you know, quarter by quarter, they're going to be under the microscope, and they got to be showing growth. And it ain't going to come from you know just traditional Facebook by itself. Um, so having all these things and figuring out how we're going to monetize them, um, you know, and continuing to, you know, sort of still be that social behemoth that they are, right? Because there's social aspects to Instagram, there's social aspects to Tactile, we're going to dive one second. So, um, you know, and, and at the end of this, there's a lot of data, you know, uh, as well, um, which is, you know, a lot of the real value of, of that company. So. Yeah, th this is a... Um... I mean, I I definitely have my views about this uh, because this is an insane amount of money, and, and there's so much that's going on in in the uh, you know in the blogosphere around, you know, was this a good buy? Was this a bad buy? But the bottom line is that this is a, a bunch of millions of dollars in cash, a bunch of bunch of millions of dollars in stock, uh, you know, golden handcuffs for quite some time, and a 13-person team that sold yeah. out for 13, one billion dollars. Ultimately, this means that uh, Kevin Systrom is on the, you know, could be worth more than four hundred million dollars for a photo sharing application that ultimately was left for dead by the original founders um, or the original investors, which is kind of crazy. They went off and invested in the competition, and where's the competition now? Why I like this deal because Systrom took the money, and he negotiated the hell out of this yeah. thing because he had a five hundred million dollar valuation, and uh, you know, the day before this started and and sold for a billion. So. Good on him. Uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, this is, uh, I'm completely with you. I, I think, uh, you know, this, this is what the Groupon guys yes. should have done. Uh, but, you know, we all know where that is. Yeah, anyway. I, you know, I, I, um, you know, I see if I'm, I'm, I don't often do this. I'm going to pull up, uh, you know, I wrote a, an article about this and um, just on untether.tv. And uh, I think my last, my very last line on this was, uh, you know, you know, this is going to end up, Obviously, they took the money for a reason, and it's and it's much better to end up in this situation where you got four hundred million dollars in your pocket than a penniless, broke, bankrupt uh, Groupon uh, founder who is now under suspicion of uh, cooking the books. Right? <laughs> it's like the Ponzi scheme is up. At least System took the money, and and uh, you, you got to realize that where where there's a threshold about greed and and uh, just stupid greed, and a uh, billion dollars is fine. I and, and people say like I'd love to be on the on the um, you know, on the phone, just as a third-party observer between the conversation between Mark Zuckerberg and uh, and Systrom, 
but uh, you know i think that that's just back and forth half a million half a billion no yeah. billion half a billion no billion right whatever that negotiation happened but i would love to have been uh, over i would love to have overheard the conversation with kevin sisterman and his mom because <laughs> that would have been that would have been the best <laughs> conversation ever hey mom you guess what guess what guess what guess what i just sold my company for a billion dollars <laughs> yeah anyway so Facebook fin started the week with uh, Instagram, finished the week with a company called Tagtile, a company that we've actually talked about. Yeah, yeah, you know, and yet another company that sort of sits in that, you know, at the retailer merchant level, a uh, little green box-like device, tile-like device uh, that you sit there and it's kind of like uh, quasi-NFC, uh, you know, tap this thing and, you know, loyalty and sharing and purchase activity and, you know, frequency of visits and, you know, it, it's all about data. You know, at the end of the day, all of this stuff that we're talking about for Facebook is data. We want to know the most about you, you know, more than anybody else knows about you. And, uh, and, and, you know, that started from a Facebook perspective with, you know, what you're doing from a, in your, in, in your sort of personal life and, and life with friends, uh, you know, that aspect of, of things. And now Facebook's starting to say, wait a second, you know, mobiles is the next big play, but not just, you know, photos and, and uh, status updates. You know, we want to know about where you're shopping and what you're doing and, and, you know, what you're buying and all that other stuff too. So, um you know they they get it they're you know they're making that migration and tag tile is just the next piece of yeah the, the, you know this is really the uh, the beginning of that um, uh, digital world for Facebook being brought over to the physical world and I think that you know one of the biggest things that they're having a, a hard time uh, in everything is that they're being challenged on is the impact that you can have on my on my terrestrial business by doing this online because we've heard all these mm -hmm. horror stories of companies that have. Uh, gone online, put the stores online on Facebook, and then pulled back, re, you know, pulled back their efforts on Facebook because it wasn't coming to fruition, and they couldn't measure it effectively. And now this really gives you the ability to to run, uh, you know, dis, uh, specials on your Facebook page, and then crossover allow them to redeem them online or redeem redeem them in person. I think yeah. this is a transient technology. We talked about this, you know, when NFC, if NFC ever or whatever that technology is fulfills its promise in a retail landscape, uh, you know, a box like this, like TagTile does, is going to be irrelevant. But uh, it just shows that Facebook is really serious about shoring up its its mobile play and bridging that digital gap. But you know, which we're seeing. Yeah, and, and, you know, and so you know, so you take the thirty-seven. Uh, sorry, you take the Instagram team. You take these guys from TagTile. You team. get the Goala yeah. guys, you know, uh, from before. I mean, you know, they've got a lot of smart heads over there now that understand. So you know what the rumors are now, right? That everybody's talking about that they, that Facebook has set the bar for everything's going to be a billion dollars and above. Like Path is going to be a billion dollars, and I think Path would be the perfect buy for either uh, Twitter or Google. I mean, I thought that Instagram was a better fit with Twitter than it is with Facebook. But uh, mm. but we're going to start to see this, and uh, Foursquare's name keeps coming up, right? Foursquare's name keeps coming up as yeah. as a, as, yeah. a, as the final final piece for Facebook, and and I wonder because they just launched their deals, and that works really well with with um, with TagTile. Yeah. Uh, it also you know it's it just serendipitous that this happened, obviously, but it's all timing. But Foursquare, they, I think they're saying by April twentieth. It's when their silent period happens. They can't buy any more companies. The, the IPO happens. They're going to raise, a, you know, a bunch of billions of dollars. But uh, 
rumors floating around like everywhere that Foursquare uh, that 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 should be the next logical piece. What? It, it, it's entirely possible, um, you know. But but I think I think the the big piece right now for Facebook is is they're not in the mobile payment space, right? Right, right. Uh, you know, they got their credits, they got their credits, and they got a lot of things. But now they got a lot of smart guys over here who understand payments and loyalty and mobile, and how those things all fit together, right? So, who knows? Well, who knows? You know, this is uh, interesting times. Facebook is shoring this up, and anything that they do add in terms of a company, whether it's whether it's uh, a company like Instagram, um, a company like Koala, uh, even a company like Tagtile, even a company like Foursquare, I think that they make this money up based on their IPO, the 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 confidence that they have in the IPO, right? So I think that that's yeah. you know when a when a an investor looks at this and says we are definitely going to invest in this company, it's because they've just bought all these this technology. This is a whole different IPO than Groupon. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, we hope. Hopefully there's no Ponzi scheme at the end of this. So, yeah. long conversation around this, but two great uh, two great big acquisitions this week. Obviously, Intuit buying Islebuyer. I'm told between 180 and 200 million dollars, which is awesome. I love that. And then, not to be undone, uh, Facebook acquiring Instagram at the beginning of the week for a billion, and Tagtile. We don't know what it is, but it's not a billion dollars. Somewhere less between zero and a billion. And um, we'll just do a. It's probably a rounding error uh, around a billion dollars. Yeah. So big, big, big buys this week, and Facebook really, really launching itself into the mobile space, uh, taking itself very seriously in this. They were. Yeah. Love it. That's it. I think all that's left is the resource of the week, and and then we should be through this. We should be through this disaster of a bandwidth episode. That's what we're going to call it. Bandwidth, <laughs> no bandwidth. So this is a uh, study that uh, an SPA report on the impact, a retail impact, of QR codes and NFC by 2016. And there, what what is this number, Asif? We're basically saying, that, you know, by 2016, um, NFC and QR are going to be a $2.3 billion uh, business. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, when I went, went, read through this, so SPA is Smith's Point Analytics, if you're looking for it, okay? SPA, the guys who, who put this uh, piece of research in. Never heard of them before, but anyhow. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm certainly not a guy that uh, sits there and reads everything every research report but this is one that kind of jumped out at me because you know we're talking a lot about qr um you know you know take the jet shop thing we talked about earlier you got qr codes in there you know you got lots happening um but when i looked at this number they said 2.3 billion by 2016. um the interesting thing is is most of the market today from reading this report is in is in japan and they're basically saying you know this is 2.3 billion um, and 1.5 billion of that will be outside of Japan. I'm like, okay. So that means like the other billion is is in is going to be in Japan. I mean that that's like that's like a lot of of NFC QR transaction going on in yeah. one market. That is but you, crazy. You can see that because of uh, I mean we're in Canada, so we have uh, we are spoiled for retail space. Right? We got none. So, so we're not really innovating up here. I challenge that we're not innovating up here in the retail location because we've got empty plots of land that we can just build, uh, like like in the states, like these megaplexes yeah. with big retail outlets that are that are gonna basically we're gonna look back in in, in time, hundred years from now, hundred fifty years from now, those are gonna be you know the equivalent to rusted hulks of cars or you know tankers on washed uh, up on the shore because 
we're not going to be using retail outlets like this like we 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 have gotten used to it over the last 20 years and in yeah. in in uh, the far east we're talking about limited space mass 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 dense population uh, and uh, and they're looking for ways to innovate and people don't you, you know uh, you know I, i've been you've been hung around in asia for long enough to understand that transit is uh, you know from a north american perspective very difficult um and uh you know the the way that we can bring retail to the user to the consumer nfc qr codes just like we saw with jet shop um this is yeah. this is the future for them and and i think this is this is the future for us i think it's yeah. for everyone it, it, you know it, it's obviously a lot more relevant given given you know the restrictions on real estate uh, in markets like japan so obviously you know the density you know it makes sense but I, I think we're going to see this everywhere, and um, you know I love the jet shop stuff. I think that's it's just fantastic, or what Tesco is doing um, in Korea, or, or, or whatever the markets are. And I was looking at another one very similar to that um, the other day. I wonder if I still have it to uh, have it handy. Uh, exact same thing to the Tesco thing. Um, yeah, I just pulled it up here. Um, giant. So this is in the U.S. You know, giant grocery stores. Um, they're doing this uh, with Peapod. So it, it's it's Peapod uh, that's doing it. Yeah, okay, I'll see if I can find something here. But but you know, yeah, yeah. Peapod and Giant. This is this is these are the kind of things that that uh, that ultimately, um, you know, as we've been saying this whole thing that change change the scope of uh, of retail and whether this is going to be uh, QR codes or NFC. I, I don't know that anybody knows. Everybody's betting on NFC, and we've we've had many conversations around this, and it swirls. Yeah. But something like this. Something that enables a transaction, something that allows you to buy from a poster, uh, you know, whatever, from a screen, from a bus shelter, mm -hmm. from an in-bus or an in-subway advertising. It doesn't matter from, from I don't know, uh, you know, OCR, the equivalent of photo recognition. Um, I'd like to buy, you know, th those are the kind of things that are going to be happening. And, um, and I think it's going to be that seamless, that simple. Uh, you know, I, I should be able to point my, my phone to to uh, something that somebody's wearing in you know not in a creepy way and be able to order that right and and I think that that's where things are going to get to where we are going to be walking billboards and we already are so it, uh, this is going to be crazy it's going to be crazy so you know I think that uh, when we start to think about this uh, you know I think it's a much bigger than two point three billion yeah no no I, I completely agree um, you know but. Uh, I'm sure we'll see uh, studies like this uh, for the North American market specifically, and uh, and the European markets and and whatnot. But just interesting that you know half of the half of the demand it seems is is purely in Japan. So anyway. that's it. So uh, the link is up there. It's at uh, you know we found this at nfcnews.com. It's a third report that you see on the main page if if it's recent. But there's obviously a link up there. I think that is it, Asif. We are done for episode number seventy-three. Of course, if you guys out there have any feedback, comments, concerns, criticisms, send them over to Asif that way. Um, if you have any praise, heap them on to me. Bring it, bring it to me at untether uh, at gmail.com. Asif, remember Asif at the LBMA for complaints, frustrations. Uh, our apologies for the uh, bandwidth uh, constraint. I don't know what it is about this, but uh, Sunday nights usually are very clean. But uh, we'll we'll get that rectified. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you have any suggestions for stories, uh, we'd love to hear it. Reach out to us any time. 
And don't forget, head to, uh, if you're in Toronto, go to the LBMA event this Wednesday night. Uh, just go to the LBMA.com to register. And uh, if you are in Albany uh, tonight, which is when this podcast will go up on Monday night, just scream my name. I am there. I'll be right in the front crying like a little baby girl. That's exactly what I do at Springsteen Concert. Or just use one of those geolocation apps to see where we're we'll using Banjo. Yeah, Banjo. So, uh, there you go. Yeah, but if, if none of this happens and you don't get to either Albany or uh, to, to Toronto for the event, we'll see you next week for episode number 74 where we bring you the most important stories in the location-based marketing world of the past week, every single week, 73 consecutive weeks. So we'll see you next week for episode number four. Steve, have a good one.